Welcome to Total Wine and More. I want something fun in the sun. You'll love this sparkling wine. Wow, great price. Find what you love, love what you find. At Total Wine and More, drink responsibly, B21. Freedom is a feeling, and the best way to truly feel free is behind the wheel of a Jeep SUV. Find out what true freedom feels like at Jeep Freedom Days. And now, financing at $2,500 total cash allowance on the purchase of a 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee WK Laredo 4x4. Don't miss this great offer. Financing for well-qualified buyers through Chrysler Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Must take retail delivery by 531-22. Jeep is a registered trademark. Good morning. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. How are you all doing today? Well, uh, we are getting into late August, late August, and it is turning into a scorcher here. In uh, just getting a little warmer down here, and I know there's warmer places in the United States. But with the humidity above 75%, it just feels it. You know, you just feel a little more. It's like Africa hot here. And, uh, you know, you kind of get used to it. We're, we're, I guess we're fortunate to have this kind of temperate weather. And what's really unusual is there's no tropical activity in the Caribbean basin where we are. Now, unusually, there is up near the northeast in between Bermuda and North Carolina and tropical storm could be Hurricane Henri is heading up towards taking a track to New England and that is an oddity I'd have to say that New England was going to get see more tropical activity than South Florida but it's the kind of crazy world we live in today. And it's just, I guess, general weirdness. I, I don't know if we're hypersensitive or is it normal. It just seems like people's behavior is different. Or maybe we're examining it different. There's just so many things going on. We got the pandemic. We got you know, political strife in in the U.S. and across the world. Economic uncertainties and things like that. But we, you know, the world's always been like that, hasn't it? Gosh, go back to a time. Give me a 20-year spate of time when nothing had had gone on, nothing big. You know, it happens. It's the way the world is. And now because we're so interconnected, we're just, we're feeling it together. You hear about it. You know, sometimes you'd hear like something could be occurring in China. And I'm not talking about the pandemic exactly, but it's occurring in the United States. It's occurring in France. It's occurring in Kenya and in Peru and places like that. Right? And they share. And we share this stuff. And for some reason, some of us fear more interconnected than other people. Some people don't act that way. Some people are more outliers in the way they behave. They, I hesitate to say selfish because that's a buttonholing someone and calling them selfish when they're inside their head. And it's got to be hell for these people. But some of the material I have today, it's going to be taking advantage of those things, meaning I deal with it. And last night, I was working. um, Thursday night. It's an interesting night. Had some people in. A a lot of locals, once again. A couple tourists. Some new people in the area. Always nice to meet new people because we always have people coming and going. The, The locals that leave, eventually they said, you know, we had enough, you know, we're ready to move on from the Keys. And we had our friend Jeff, 
who is always at the bar and he's always doing coding or watching his YouTube reaction videos. And he used to sit on one side and I was used to that. And Jeff was never an annoyance. He was just ubiquitous. He was there at the bar having his vodka and Coke, a couple vodka and Cokes and doing his coding, maybe eating a little something. But he always had his place and people say, where's Jeff? You know, and things like that. When you have a regular, that's it. As a matter of fact, yesterday there was a regular who's, uh, I guess he's in his late 60s. He's almost exactly 10 years older than me. And we, I haven't seen him for two days. And that's a big deal unless they're on vacation, stuff like that. So I gave the guy a call. And I'm not saying who it is, but he, he is a regular and I enjoy his, always enjoyed his company. Always enjoyed his company too. He turns out he's sick. He has a stomach issue and things like that. I hope it's just that. And he told me not to spread it around. And I'm not spreading it around because I'm not saying who it is. But if it, someone said to me before and uh, that when you're a drinker or a regular at a bar, if something were to happen to you, people just move on. They just move on. They don't think about it. And I thought, you know what? I should give the guy a call and see how he is. And I did. And, you know, it's, it's, you're used to seeing these people. The nice thing about being the Keys, we have our regulars, we have our locals, we get to see. And then we get to see new people. And we get to find out where they're from and what they're doing. They're not so, and which I want to talk later is about people's behaviors, whether it's real or imagined, or where is over-exaggerating. But I've talked about some interesting interactions I've had with people. And last night was no different. The first one would appear as if it wouldn't be a weird interaction, but it turned out very strange. It's about 20 after 8. We close at 9 p.m. during the week right now because, I guess, maybe staffing and... You know, I guess after a while, when you have all this opportunity with when we were closed the first time and we had limited uh, workforce, that they started thinking more, when do we get our business? What's the most effective time to be open and things like that? You start to examine that. Instead of doing a knee-jerk reaction, the longer you open, the more money you make. But the longer you open, also the more money you lay out in labor, not so much on the floor staff or bar because, you know, they're, they're not paid that much. And I'm not complaining about that right now because we do have our choices. But, you know, with the kitchen staff and stuff like that, and you'd have, because of the pandemic and other things going on, I don't know. We, we just have shorter time. So we, I get a call at 20 after 8. Keeping in mind, we close at 9 p.m. The kitchen closes at 9 p.m. And the phone call starts out like this. And the way I did this is I'm doing it. I wrote some of it down last night and focusing on almost verbatim what I said. I mean, I think. But then again, you know, who knows what. But no, this is the gist. Hello, this is the person calling. Hello, I realize you close at 9 p.m., but I'm coming in. Uh, We don't want to feel that we're rushed. And uh, how would we be able to get served at 9.30? And I said, 9.30? I, I said, I told you we're closing at 9 p.m. So, you know, you won't be able to get anything from the kitchen at 9.30. He goes, no, no, I'm at 8.30. I'm coming in at 8.30 with three children. And I said, oh, of course you'll be served. I don't want to be rushed, the guy says. And I said, well, we like, to, we like to generally like to get out of here by like 10 p.m. And he goes, that won't work for us. That's not, that's not our thing. And I go, really? And I go, an hour and a half with children? We, you know, I'm thinking in my head, what are you going to, they'd like to have a couple cocktails before, you know? Or, you know, kids want to have some oysters maybe. And when they say children, the guy on the phone sounded young himself, sounded like he was 30 or something like that. So he says he's coming in with kids and children, I I just naturally assume. And it did turn out that way, which I'll refer to later. 
So, so well, you know, there's plenty of time. He goes, no, well, you know, we maybe want to... I said, well, we'd like to be out by 10 p.m. And he reiterated the rushing. And I said, you know what, maybe there's another, you know, there's other places that are open at 11 p.m. You know, there are cocktail places and stuff like that. You can hang out. I can guarantee you if it's open to 11 p.m., they'll probably... You know, they probably can hang out till 11, 30, 12 o'clock if your kids want to stay out that late. And I'm, people say, well, that sounds kind of snide. Well, I meant it to be because it's a stupid question. You know, culturally, that's not a thing in the United States. And I'm sorry, you know, if you don't know that, that we don't, you know, generally on a Thursday night at a restaurant, people don't normally say that, you know, we're bringing our kids. They don't like to go to, well, this guy's coming in by himself with three kids okay and so there we're going to address what happened later so I I thought the guy had said well that's fine okay and I thought oh that's it he's not coming in well 25 minutes later I get another phone call a separate person and the way I answer phone hi um, this is the catch my name is Jim what can I do for you and hi is this Jim a woman's voice, a little older. This is Sarah. Remember me? And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't really remember right away, Sarah. And I, I say another Sarah, and she said yes, but it's not that Sarah, okay? Because I could tell. Um, I'm coming in to. This is what the woman said. I'm coming to have some drinks with friends. Do you remember me? Blah blah blah. Tells me a bunch of stuff for about three minutes, and she talks about so-and-so who I don't know and another person who I don't know. And then I'm starting to get a feeling I know who this person is. And they go, oh, okay. And then she goes, I have celiac disease. Then it locked in. I knew who it was. It was this real thin lady. She's in her, she could either be in her late 60s or really bad late 40s, right? But she uh, maybe 5'1", all of like 85 pounds. And she goes, I've had celiac disease and I, I need to, uh, I bring my own glass, wine glass in. I don't remember that part, but I like Pinot Noir, blah, 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 blah. Okay. And then she goes on for a couple more minutes. Now, the phone call started at 8.45. So we're already a couple minutes into it. And she goes, well, I like to drink Pinot Noir. I like to drink cupcake Pinot Noir. It's very good. And they have an or- whatever organic or or whatever, you know, something safe for a celiac, someone with celiac disease. And I'm not making fun of the celiac disease. I realize it's a real thing. Uh, but then again, I don't think I'm going to get bitched out by any, anybody on here because I don't think that's my listeners or you know, I'm going to have a large group of celiac uh, fans, people that have celiac. And, uh, and then I think, oh, I know who you are. I know who you are. And... She goes, yeah, you may not recognize me. And I go, oh, whoa, what happened? And uh, she goes, I lost a lot of weight. And if it's, the woman sounded thin and she was thin before and from the first time I met her. And I'm thinking, what happened? How could you have gotten thinner? You know, be like walking around a broomstick. You'd be walking around a broomstick. I'm not going to, and how are you walking around? And I'm thinking, well, maybe are you a disembodied head just floating around with your own glass? And she starts talking and stuff like this. And she start, kept on talking. And I, and I stopped her and I said, are you talking about coming in tonight? And she goes, yeah. I said, well, you're, we're closing in 10 minutes. And she never gave me a chance to say that. It was coming in. She just started asking a bunch of questions and stuff like that. So we're closing in 10 minutes. I mean, I guess she really wanted to get out and I felt kind of bad. But, you know, there's a certain time for crazy to show up. And crazy showing up in after the kitchen closes is not the thing I want to deal with at the end of the night. And I, if you're in the business, I think you might understand that. And she goes, I said, yeah, it was like quarter of when you started calling. We closed at nine and 
I don't think she was legitimately calling up for that because I've had people call up and ask for sides. Like they said, oh, you got cucumber salad. I'm going to order some cucumber salad to go. Could you put it aside for me and stuff like that? I said, we never run out of cucumber salad. It's one of our main sides. And I've done it before and they never come in for it. And I guess say, wait a second. Don't be stupid, Jim. It only takes one minute for the kitchen to prepare one of those things. So the lady goes on. She mentions her celiac disease a couple more times and her Pinot Noir and bringing in her own glass. And she talks. And I'm just sitting there. And now it's five of nine. And I go, well, you're... you're um, I said, well, that's, you know, I'm trying to make her happy or something like that. But I don't know exactly what the point is. And she goes, oh, I got one more question. And I'm thinking in my head, I hope it's not about celiac disease or the cupcake wine. I don't want to, you know, it's kind of after a certain amount of time, you know, you get a little pissed off, right? Or eh, I was being polite and stuff like that. And the lady goes, "Um, well, it's about my wine glass. And I say, what about your wine glass? You know, you're bringing it in. And she goes, oh, no, but will you be freaked out if I bring my own wine glass in? And... I'm thinking, okay, yep, uh, no, not at all. It's really great talking to you. I have people I got to take care of. I'm bartending, which wasn't necessarily true. We did have a group of people there <clears throat> that came in around seven, and they stayed to about quarter, you know, little little before ten. Um, that that thing was crazy. Now, postscript, uh, right. After a couple minutes that that lady was, I'm on the phone with that lady, a gentleman walks in, looks to be in his 30s, and he has three kids and all walking around in dinosaur animals. I mean, head to toe with the, the, the whole jumper thing. And the kids are like seven to nine years old. I'm just guessing. Walking around in animals. I mean, they're dressed for bed. They're pajama clothes. And it's 80 degrees and, you know, 80-something degrees outside. And they're wearing kind of like fleece pajamas. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, you know. And and then, and they sit down and they get, the, they order their food and they get served around a quarter of. And they, without being rushed, taking their time, having the kids run around the restaurant... They leave at 6, 9.35. So the whole thing was kind of like, the whole conversation I had with the guy was moot. If you come at 8.30, yeah, you just hang out for an hour and stuff like that. And then you have 25 minutes to spare and then you left. I'm like, it's like as if people just need to be heard. Like, and I guess this guy's stuck with kids and he's just wanted to go, he's micromanaging his meal with his kids. I've had people do that with their dates, you know, stuff like that. Oh, I want to go out. I want to know if it's nice and all this stuff. And I said, well, we're not, we're a nice restaurant, but we're a family restaurant. You know, there's other ones for more romantic, meaning quiet romantic. We're a little louder, tighter place, right? Family restaurant. Exactly. I'm ready to move on to that. That's it for today on that thing. And then we're going to finish up with, I think I want to talk about the state of affairs in the industry. Two of the things came up. Uh, recently, I put some, I noticed when I put water in front of people, some people are militantly anti-water when they're at the bar. It's like you put a water glass in front. I do it for several reasons. First of all, when people are drinking, I think it's good for them to have something in case they need to clear their throat when they're eating something heavy. So I put up a glass of water for them. And, but there's some people when they're drinking, I put up a glass of water, you know, especially look like they were in the sun for a while and say, listen, and if they they don't sound too hot, I'm like, here's a glass of water, get the hint, you got to drink some water. You just can't pound them sitting at the bar all night. And then people say, I don't want it. I'm like, well, I'm just here to drink. And I'm like, well, what, why are you so adamant? I'm, I'm looking out for you. 
I really am. Why, why, do, why do you need to get upset? And when they get upset about it, it makes me think that they had too much to drink anyway. It's like when someone sneezes and you get, I mean, I've had that once or twice. I give a sneeze and I hand, out, hand them a, a napkin. And it sounded like, I said, well, it sounds like you have a little going on there. I just want you to have that. And another thing brought me up and it's happened. It hasn't happened since last week. I haven't had that happen for a couple of years. But it is an unusual thing sometimes. And I had it several times at the restaurant I worked out previously. I don't know why that would change now at the family restaurant. Maybe it's more of a higher end issue. But a couple times I've walked up to people at the bar and I'm really close and I get a chance to look at them. And they are gender ambiguous. There was a bit on Slime called Pat. And Pat would say things you would never guess. You know, there are always people trying to ask without asking, what are you, a man or a woman? What do you want to be referred as? And there's some people that are like that. Obviously, there's there's guys. And you don't see... You, you see, there's more more Miami stuff like that. And they're, they're like TikTok stars and stuff like that that do the hair and the makeup. And, you know, you, they're, they're men that look girly. And there's females that look manly. And now I originally say, how, you, how are you doing, folk? But for some reason, if you have a slight impediment it couldn't say how you doing fucks instead of folks or folk um i gotta watch you know watch what you're saying hello how are we today don't say any pronouns we well we is a pronoun how are you has no way i can go when it's obviously a group of ladies hello ladies how are we today ladies and sir you know you can tell and I don't have a problem with the gender thing. People say, deal with it, Jim. And I just want to be able to be personalized in my greeting. To know I'm acknowledging somebody. I do that a lot with the disabled. Because the disabled get ignored all the time. Once someone rolls in with a wheelchair. Or uh, with crutches or anything. You know, one of the ones that have the kind of brace, arm brace crutches. Where they're... They're wrapped around the forearms and they're walking in. I always try to greet those people first. Because I know a lot of times when you go to people feel uncomfortable and they they have a tendency to be ignored. But walking up, and there was one particular case was when I was working at this place in the Encore and this couple came in and they were in their early 60s. And it was a woman, there was one woman who had long, dark hair. And the other one, I couldn't tell. They were stocky, uh, glasses, the voice was a little different. And But they had an earring, and the earring didn't make me think, but I had a feeling I'm listening to a voice. The voice was a bit off and stuff like that. And it turned out a woman too. But I couldn't tell. And I accidentally said, sir. And the person said, I'm not a sir. And, you know, if you're, if you come into a bar and you have cowboy boots, a hat, chaps, six shooter on your hip, and you don't want to be called a cowboy, well, then you have an issue. Or you wear a stethoscope and a surgical mask. Well, that's not that unusual nowadays, is it? But, and one of those reflectors on your head, and you don't want to be called doctor? I don't want to be called doctor. I'm not a doctor. You know, it's like a duck. Would you do that? It's like you're one of those people that get paid to impersonate presidents or famous people. They 
they want to dress like they want to appear as something but they don't want to be addressed as something they want to keep you guessing and when that person said that oh I'm oh I'm sorry about that I made that decision because I had it happen a couple times I said I'm sorry and it's not that I'm unfeeling or insensitive it's like obviously you were intending to do that or if you were trying to say well show the hypocrisy or the fallacy of society's judgment of gender well you came to the bar and you just looked like a guy and I called you sir and if you look like a if you dress like a woman and I call you miss I apologize I'm sorry and then move on I don't I don't really there's a lot of things I have a lot of angst over that is not one of them not at all if you were wearing a tall pointy hat and you had a big staff and a robe I might call you Gandalf you know hey Professor Dumbledore how you doing today don't be surprised if you dress like a wizard, you're going to get dressed like a wizard. And don't put a fucking spell on me, man. I'll put a spell on you. This all boils down to how sensitive people are now. There's a lot of articles you hear. We hear about flight attendants and air crews having issues with people in air travel. But we also, just as much, hear in the service industry how difficult and angry some customers are. Right? If you haven't heard about it, it's a thing. Some of you may be in the podcast and haven't been out. And it doesn't happen in every restaurant. It doesn't happen in our restaurants all the time because we're in a tourist area, so there's a certain different dynamics. But it had happened before. I've got in this um, shouting matches with one guy. And we, we did a, we did the thing where we're calling each other motherfuckers right at the bar screaming at each other now I didn't start with that the guy started doing it at this and he was getting really violent he was amping up he was coming up at me and uh, I don't know if he didn't have his coffee that day or get his testosterone treatments or maybe his wife ran off with the UPS guy or maybe you know, he couldn't get his penetrament. Whatever. You could tell I didn't like the guy. The guy was very angry and very thing. And he was he was he was backed up by a couple of his friends, but his friends were kind of embarrassed. They hung back. His friends were a little bigger and probably would have given him a lot of trouble. This guy, he was very angry. He may have given me a little trouble too. But when people get angry, I I did this before when I was younger. I realized as a guy, as a guy, when someone comes at you with a lot of energy and it's really violent you could try to take it back if you have backup a lot of place a place where I work I'm the guy there and there's a guy Jerry Jerry a runner he would, he's pretty fit too so I mean I have some backup with them and I got guys in the kitchen may help out but I don't need that to happen this guy was super violent so I had to meet his aggression with I know it's a, it sounds like, you know, Jim, you didn't have to do that. You weren't there. And when you kind of lay back, some of these people really kind of come at you. And this guy stopped coming at me when he came through and I pushed back. And people were surprised at it. They said, Jim, we didn't see that side of you. And said, listen, when it's one of those things. If you're, it happens in the animal kingdom. If I was a little too meek and mild, the guy could have jumped right on down my throat. Could have went, you know, we were right next to the opening. We're ready to talk. He's pointing at me. I'm pointing at him. I'm looking at him. I'm about a whole full head taller than him. So I probably wouldn't have liked it to be in that area. I would rather be outside if anything were to happen. But it didn't. The guy ended up leaving. And we had other people. I had other arguments. But in the course of since we've been open, which is almost... It was May, so it's a year and three months. I may have had three interactions. 
which isn't a lot considering I'm the bartender and I'm the one that had to, uh, a lot of times I have to handle it. And some of these people did the same thing to the owner who's a woman. And not that a woman can't be, and I, I think it's shameful when somebody who's tries to intimidate a smaller person. I think it is. And I hate that when I use aggression. It gets, I get even angrier that way. <clears throat> so we're dealing with all these things. And this was very, in a case of that 15-month period, let's say, there were three decent-sized disagreements and a bunch of smaller ones, which is not highly unusual, but higher than average. Higher than average. But there's other places that it's more and more. People walk into restaurants. In case you know, you can walk into a restaurant, let's say an Olive Garden or an Outback Steakhouse. And you see 10 empty tables. And the host says, be a 20-minute wait. Well, you as a customer says, well, there's, there's tables right there. Well, just think of that. There's tables right there. They may have normally have a staff of, let's say it takes 30 people to run that place at capacity. They may have 15 people. Instead of having 10 people on the floor, they may have 5 people on the floor. So, yeah, you could see every table, but then how would you react when you're sitting at the table? When you're standing, not being served, no big deal, right? But when you're sitting and you got to wait 40 minutes... 45 minutes to get served it becomes a big deal and we that happened that happened even in Poland so it's not just the thing in the United States when I was in Poland we had that we waited 45 minutes to get drinks I understood though and I told the friends of mine who were Polish I say listen it happens in the United States too Others are understaffed now I have my theories on why it's that way okay but I the theories on why people are being unreasonable, why they have long wait times, why not everything's on the menu, why the prices have gone up, why is it so expensive? Why is the food not the same quality? And everyone wants the easy answers, right? Some of the easy answers are like, oh, no one wants to work. No one wants to work. Well, you know, I don't know a lot of servers that I knew prior to... COVID, who aren't working in the business or not working in someplace else. I don't, I haven't seen any servers say, oh, I'm just staying home and collecting. No, they're all working. I know down here, down here, the ones, or they had moved on to a different job. They took the opportunity, got, you know, additional education, took a job that has benefits and things like that, especially you think of your mortality more when you're, when there's a pandemic. So they think, oh, I need to have benefits and stuff like that. So, but there's one other thing, and I want to address that a little later. And a lot of people have a disagreement about it, but this is anecdotal and, you know, people on the other side of the bar have their fucking opinions. So I got, I get mine. And I got a podcast to really, um, you know, promote it. So you have that. You have angry people asking about the mask and and people not tipping well, getting angry, taking it out. I mean, if you get angry, the price is no mystery or no, it's not new news that the price, price food prices are going up and food processing prices are going up. Meat processing places. You know, just poultry processing centers. Remember when that first COVID came out and they were closing those places in the central part of the United States? Well, the price of chicken wings has gone through the roof. You know, they have to pay their people more now because they were having a hard time getting people to work. And that'll tie into what I have to say at the end. Same thing as with, with restaurants. Okay. People are under stress and they, they were leaving a restaurant business. People didn't come back because of people want to come back and they say, oh, I just want to feel normal. Well, it's not normal for everyone. Not everyone feels normal. Some people feel threatened by 
the disease, some people not. There's irrational fears. People have them for everything. People, some people don't like rats. Other people hate dogs. Some people don't like cats. Some people are afraid of spiders. Other people are afraid of viruses. So with this pandemic coming around and stuff like that, maybe they're feeling a little more sensitive. If you're a hypochondriac, I'm not, a, I'm not saying a hypochondriac. Let's say you're more prone to worrying about your health. Yeah, you'd have a concern about the way people, you know, how they are. If they, you know, people, some people are militantly anti-mask. They don't want to do it. They don't give a shit. They get very angry at it. And some of the fights we had over the last year and um, three months was with people saying, listen, we require a mask when you come in. And they just ignore you and say, hey, listen, I'm being serious. And you raise your voice. And then they get pissed off. Because they were saying, well, I hope you were. I wanted to be ignored so I could just walk without my mask. Said, put, it on, put it on your fucking mask. And we had people leave. And yeah, we get angry at, at too. And some of it could be on our side being hypersensitive. But this has been building up for a long time. In the 1990s, was it the 1990s? There was a book called Give Them the Pickle. Just just give them the pickle. And it was a big-time CEO of a fast food company or something like that, or a restaurant. He said, listen, if someone wants a pickle, just give them the pickle. Don't argue when it doesn't come with a pickle. It's this idea that customer's always right. Well, that's kind of an antiquated view. It's almost like a class view. You know, stratification views and like customer comes in, they get what they want all the time. What's well, a business? You wouldn't expect that from an electronics store. Customer's always right. I'm going to get that. Well, I realize it's an $1,100 cell phone. I'm going to get it for $300. And I think it should be $300. Well, a customer's not right there. It costs $1,100. I'm angry at the food. I want to get this. I want to get this for re- No. It's, There's a balance. There's a dance between satisfying the customer and making a profit. It's a business. And a business operates on a margin. So you pay a certain amount for your supplies, for your property, for utilities, for gas, for labor. Right? And that adds all together, and insurance and all the other ancillary things that run a restaurant. And you figure you come up with a price. Like the chicken wings cost a certain amount. But also you have to pay for the AC. And you got to pay for the staff. And you got to pay for the cleanup. And you got to pay for insurance. You know, all those things. That's all factored in the price of a set of chicken wings. So chicken wings aren't on happy hour anymore. The price has gone up. Yes, you're unhappy with it. We're unhappy. We can't offer it to you anymore for that price. Is the price going to go down because you're unhappy? No. Because you know why? We're business. And the primary, and whether you believe it or not, the primary thing is is to make money. And in order to make money, we got to, yes, we got to keep people happy. But we got to be able to make money in order to stay in the business. If you just make people happy just by catering to every whim, you could just give away the house. So that's the delicate dance we do. Giving them what they want, and there's people that have irrational demands. You can't make everyone happy all the time. You just got to cater to that people that are going to be satisfied and happy and they have kind of both realistic demands and expectations. And we try to exceed those. You exceed them being nice, doing this, the food, the quality of food, and the amount. It's just like, if you want to go out and you want to get like a seventeen ninety five prime rib and stuff like that, good luck. Because without, you know, what, without, if you just went to a store to buy it, it's twelve ninety nine for a pound. It's twelve ninety nine a pound. 
and you put sides on it, you got to pay for all this other stuff. People don't give things away. There probably are things out there that prices dropped. You can order that. Maybe some produce and stuff like that. Who knows? But I realized that workers may be a little more sensitive, but they may be sensitive because of the difficulties of having to work under certain conditions, and they have concerns also. But that mentality that the customer's always right and the way you treat people, some people talk to them like they're not a person. Obviously, you're not on the same level. You don't have a real job. Well, you kept on ingraining that. I'm happy. Ingraining the thing, you don't have a real job. You know, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Well, who the fuck's going to serve you? Until the robots are ready to serve you, I'm here. Right? Maybe is we didn't adequately value their work and adequately value what how important it is. Because if you're going to get upset, you don't get upset of things that aren't important. You get upset over the things that are important to you. So obviously dining out is important to these people to get in arguments because they, they wouldn't react that way if it wasn't important to them. Now, I may say the reaction is wrong, but that's the way it is. Now, one of the things, the factors I think that we really don't consider is that the last, and this started under Obama, but was really greatly increased under Trump, and it's continuing under Biden. And people may still think that there's tons of people pouring over the border. But I can tell you here, in the Keys, that used to have a lot of people from Central America and Mexico working in the kitchen. Lots of them. The same people that are still down here are still working in the kitchen. They're cooking. They're doing all these other things. But they've been here for a while, so they moved up. Some some are cooking. You know, people, they, there's, they, they learn English. They, they learn the job. They learn to cook. And they move up to it. And they become cooks and this. And they start opening their own businesses and stuff like that. But they've been here. We haven't had an influx of people trying to get into the United States and work. We've had an influx of people trying to get in, but they're caught and processed, and we're not getting them. We've really started to feel it, especially in the kitchen, because we always used to have some Latin person doing the dishes, and they were getting paid good money for them and the way they lived in the living arrangements and stuff like that, and they would progress through the ranks. Some would become business owners. I know one fellow down here, and now he's a business owner, and a couple guys own trucks, food trucks, and are doing really well. I don't begrudge him that. That's the American dream. The same thing happens in the food processing plants. The food processing plants of the Midwest and North Central Plains states and stuff that do pork and chicken and all that stuff, they heavily relied on immigrant labor. It was a low-wage, brutal job. When the COVID hit, a lot of these people got sick. And they weren't, you know, they. It, it's not like they had the best health care if they had any at all, and they didn't. They had to deal with it. And so they didn't come back. They, they knew the mood of the country that it's, it wasn't the same... As before, and you see it demographically. The United States population is not growing that much. It's low. It's natural just through childbirth. People say just because you know a family that has ten kids in West Virginia doesn't mean everybody has ten kids. Some people choose not to have kids, where they have two. One couple has one kids, and that's not a replacement thing. It used to be not too long ago that the average American family was third. I believe it's lower now. Two and a third, 2.3. At influx of immigration and an entry into the, the workforce. Now, there's immigration that occurs for higher-end jobs, but the lower-end jobs was critical. Was critical. And we always have this thing where we say, well, we don't want to have it. We don't want to change our demographics, the way America looks. Because there were so many Latin people coming in. Well, you can look at countries, look at countries with low 
population, population stagnation. And the way this country was built, we were always growing. I know population is great, but migration population is not a bad thing. So we get an influx, we get, would get an influx of uh, people that take care of a low wage jobs. And, uh, you know, the service industry, the back end, food processing, lawn care, all types of manufacturing, warehouse work and stuff like that. Really good. Agricultural. Oh, my God. It's, it's huge. So we don't have that. Look at Russia. Russia has been trying to pay people to have kids. Their population has shrank. And if you don't have a growing population and you don't have new people entering your workforce and you become, let's say, your demographics where your population ages, who's going to take care of the older population? Well, might be work. Maybe we'll have to delay retirement. Because maybe we don't need as many people to take care of those. You know, there's so many people living in assisted living and they need help. And who works in assisted living a lot of time? It's a low-wage job. A lot of immigrants work in there. So, those places, those restaurants that don't have the two dishwashers. Now they're down to one dishwasher. And the dishwasher is like 16 years old. And they had to be out at 10 o'clock at night. And your hours are reduced. And the prices are up. And you're unhappy about that. You're unhappy flying on planes. Because you don't want to wear a mask. You can't sit there wearing a mask. I don't want to die. I'm going to die from wearing a mask. You know? No, you're not. I hope I kind of tie that together a little. Let's try not to be so selfish anymore. And I realize, I did mention there, that maybe we are being a little too sensitive when you come in there. And you got to be a little, take a perspective when someone comes in. Why can't, you know, we see those empty tables? Why can't we sit there? Well, we don't have enough people to take around. And we know when we sit you down, you're going to start complaining that you haven't had anybody there for a while. And you know how people build things up in their head. They have an impression, you know, there's jokes about that where someone says someone doesn't give them the proper greeting someone you care uh, about interacting with and all of a sudden they forget your name they forget you have celiac disease and you like to bring your own fucking wine glass (laughs) and you want your cupcake Pinot Noir it's a different world just gotta get happy get used to it change our expectations maybe don't expect any less but don't expect so much high so many times when people are under stress when you go to Disney World and there are lines wrapping around like eight times around those turnstiles and those things and you you go in there and you say the wait from this point is too and what people do they stand in line wait right you never see people comp- complaining at Disney. I mean, they go, oh, this line's so long. They just go, this is what you expect when you go to Disney World. I'm totally happy with it. On a side note, Disney World is talking about replacing some of its characters in the park with mobile animatronic units. And that's robots. That's lingo for robots. So, and you know, Disney, they tried to do, you know, they were, uh, when I was in, in the 1970s, that's when they started messing around with uh, robots, meaning stationary robots at the Hall of Presidents and at the Pirates of the Caribbean and all that shit like that. And you know, Disney's going to, they have deep pockets and stuff like that. So I imagine it's going to be like Boston Dynamics. That's a huge robot company. If you ever have a chance, uh, do a Google Boston Dynamics. Uh, they're, they build robots and show videos of these bipedal, two-armed, semi-human-shaped robots going through an obstacle course, right? Jumping on the tables, walking around on an inclined uh, circle, walking around a circle and able to keep their balance and then doing a backflip and landing on their feet. 
We're only, I mean, it looks like these things probably look like they cost a couple hundred grand a piece. But if anybody's going to have the pockets to do something like that, it'd be Disney. And when that price comes down to $20,000, $30,000 a piece, Disney's going to have some robots walking around and talking to them. And they say, oh, they're not really robots. They're just programmed to give a response and to read your facial um, expressions and things like that. Well, if that isn't a fucking robot, what is? And that's going to be the kind of person that's going to serve you someday. And if you think that a human will be interesting to deal with and difficult, wait until you get a hold of a robot that can just stand and do a backflip. Try to get a little rough with them sometimes. I'm sure they're going to let... They'll they probably have to make some rules to say, well, you're not, allow, you're not allowed to rip the customer's head off. Literally rip the customer's head off. If there's a glitch. You know what? Try to explain how much olive juice you want in your dirty martini and yell at the robot bartender. And see if maybe for... I hope... Well, I hope I don't get the, you don't get the robot bartender angry. Why? Well, because he's, he can go and reach across the bar and break your neck. Well, that's enough for me today. I'm talking about the robot bartender reaching across the bar. That's a lovely image. I apologize for that. But I'm just free will. If you like the show, please share with your friends and family. That's Keys Bartender on almost every platform. Almost every platform. I'm trying to get it on Pandora, but I really don't care because I don't even know if I get these accurate feeds from thing to numbers. I think I have anywhere from like 2,000 listeners a month to 20,000 listeners a month. And I get my emails and stuff like that, and I like to thank everyone. I like to thank Megan. I like to thank Sean. Uh, I like to thank uh, Tony, Andrea, Lizanne, uh, my listeners in Poland, Bartek, Justina, Carolina, who's in Zanzibar right now, a lovely place, you know, my, and, and Casper. Say hello to those guys. And if you have any questions or anything, feel free to send me an email at jim at keysbartender.com. And if you are listening on, like, some unsanctioned place, uh, such as 43 Keys and Me, please uh, try to change to another uh, listening. I don't get any credit for that. And they put on commercials that aren't part of my, uh, you know, I don't get anything for them. And uh, I'm in, it may be a dispute or something like that, but it's been over a year and I'm trying to get my show removed from the network. And it's not your problem. But if you are listening on 43, there's a bunch of free platforms you can listen to the show on. All of them. As a matter of fact, every show should be free. I don't charge for my show. So uh, thank you very much and have a great day. Let's, where is my, oh, here we go. Bye.